Welcome to What Are We Singing? I'm your host, Trent Walker. Today, I'm so excited. I'm, I'm literally coming out of my seat, getting ready to tell you about the special guest that I have on today. His name is Bob Fitz. Now, I fully recognize that so many of you probably don't know who Bob Fitz is, which is such a shame and so amazing all at the same time. Because for one, it if you listened to my podcast from last week, it should be a good, healthy reminder that this thing that we call worship uh, in the church today was never meant to be some celebrity game. It was never meant to be like a, a Christian artist going to get his face all over the world for the world to see so you could listen to his songs. It was never the case. And it was never the case for Bob Fitz. However, this worship music thing began to grow and Bob Fitz is one of the key players in this thing. And what's great about it is I just can't wait for you to hear from one of my dear friends and mentor, I would say, Bob Fitz. I, I have had the privilege of getting to know Bob in the past few years uh, from our time out in Kona, Hawaii. And the reason why is simply because of, well, it's Providence, I, I think. When Siobhan and I were originally planning to go to what is called a YWAM DTS, we, uh, we did a lot of things by faith. Uh, for those of you guys who know the story, if you don't know the story, I mean, it was just a crazy step of faith. And I'm so glad we did it because it was at a time in our life where we had nothing. We had zero. We had absolutely nothing. And God provided the funds and miracles in the most amazing ways. We took an RV trip across the country, literally dropped our RV off halfway into the the trip with a family we had never met for them to rent the RV for like a year while we were gone. And then we took our minivan across the country with no plan of where to stay, no money of where to stay, no friends of where to stay, just simple prayers of God, would you provide? We need a place to stay tonight. And every single night he provided a place to stay. So much so that when we got to Seattle and dropped our van off on the boat to sail to Hawaii, but just before that, we still had no plan of where we were going to stay in Hawaii. And we had two nights before we could register to be part of the school. And we had two nights and, you know, last I checked, still the case today, staying in Hawaii is really expensive and we didn't have any money to do it. You know, I ended up, Siobhan looked at an Airbnb. It was too expensive. It would have fit our family. And then I just said to her, I was like, hey, let's just look again. She looked again. The same one came up and it was like half the price. And we were like, get it. You know, I think we ended up staying two nights for like 200 bucks, which was insane. You can't get this anymore today. I'm just saying. Long story. The reason why I'm sharing this story with you is because when we arrived in Hawaii, we stayed two nights at an Airbnb. And the host of that Airbnb just so happened to be Bob Fitz's sister. <laughs> so cool. And just what the providence of God. And so we got to know him, uh, obviously got to know her and her family over the years uh, while we were there in Kona. Still such great friends, such wonderful people. And, you know, for me, I, I kind of flipped out, you know, when I found out. And I didn't really find this out probably until a year later. Uh, and I was talking to his sister and and so I was like, wait, your brother is Bob Fitz, like the Bob Fitz. Are you kidding me? And I mean, if he's listening to this, he'll just laugh because, you know, nobody, you know, somebody like Bob doesn't 
really see himself in that way. But but he's influenced so many people, guys. So I'm so excited to share this with you. So you, if you don't know, look up some of his projects. He was an early integrity artist, Maranatha, Maranatha artist. He wrote songs like uh, The Lord Reigns, uh, He Will Come and Save You. His albums, uh, he has, I'm counting, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, probably getting it wrong, 12 albums. He ran with the likes of guys like Lenny LeBlanc, Paul Balash. Uh, Darlene Sheck, and and these were the type of people that began to really shape what we know in the church today as worship music. And he is such an amazing man of God. I can't wait for you to meet him, hear his heart, and specifically, we're going to get talking about how to lead worship in this very um, tumultuous time in the world today and the anointing that the worship leader carries. And I'm just going to, before we get into this, I'm just going to tell you that Bob and I talk often, and um, we had spoken for about a half hour before I actually hit record on this, and we were speaking about, you know, this is getting personal, but this is, we were speaking about the house that my wife and I are praying for, because uh, we still don't live in a house. <laughs> but we were praying, we were talking about that, and so uh, we had just finished up kind of this conversation on the sovereignty of the Lord. And I, I was just like, oh, this, it was such good things we said in there. I was just going to include that last little part in there. And then I will also add to say that our Zoom connection did get a little unstable at a few times. So forgive me if you uh, can't pick out just a few of the things, but I, 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 I'm guessing, I, I'm gathering you'll get the full gist of what he's trying to say and come across with. So anyways, without further ado, let's welcome Bob Fitz. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, you know, obviously like, you know, this may be theologically minded type of talk, but I, you know, I, I often kind of wince at when people, well-meaning people want to yeah. talk about the sovereignty of God in, mm -hmm. in a way that is somewhat <laughs> negatively spun. And, and yeah. I, I then recognize that, hang on, the sovereignty of God, actually, if we were to be honest about it, wouldn't it mean that he is all powerful and can do whatever he wants to do because he's sovereign? He do. does that not mean that he does great things? Like we shouldn't be so like negatively like affected by, you know, well, God is, so we always use that term like, well, this person died of cancer because God is sovereign. Like, oh, uh, you know, like, uh, you know what I'm saying? You know what Ouch. I mean? I'm not. I'm not off base in saying that, right? You know, no, no, no. I mean, I, we're dealing with a dear friend right now. That's we're in the place of you never let go of um, saying God. Uh, God is a miracle working God, and so any any theology that uh, or, or or a view of God that that takes away the miraculous under the under the guise of sovereignty. Yeah, uh, oh. I'm not with that. So well said. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, anyways, man, I'd love to talk. I would love to talk some worship stuff with you. I mean, you, yeah. you are, you, you have a, a voice of influence and 
such wisdom regarding this that like, and I've shared this with you before, like I look up to you. I I have a feeling there's a whole lot more people that look up to you than you even realize. Mm -hmm. And I think that in a day of, you know, you know, I just recently got done kind of share on this podcast, sharing my tirade of the worship industry, as opposed to what some would call there's, some would say there's a worship movement happening and then Mm -hmm. others would say, well, it's a worship industry. And I'm like, well, you know, uh, maybe, (laughs) maybe depending on the way we, but there is an industry there. There's a very much an industry thing, but I, what I get at is that I think what's true and what even inspires me and moves me is to say, like, there is a new generation of people who are fatherless and, they're asking questions about their faith too, looking for fathers in the faith to lead them and to speak yeah. life into them. Those ones that will believe in them. You know, a, a recent friend of mine just said that he was prayed over. He's my age. You know, I'm in my forties. He, he was, I mean, I think he's a little older than me, maybe not, but he was prayed over because, um, these leaders who are much older now really recognized that that then they prayed over him they said we we have not given you the inheritance in the spirit that you deserve in order to become a father to this next generation well wow. our generation then they were speaking quite this is what they had said they would said we our generation has focused more on our own ministries rather than mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i mean that's that's real but I, th- I think it's felt you know i think that the younger mm-hmm. generation is you know as i've been serving with ywam now for five years and seen younger people you know <clears throat> there is so much more of a like curiosity about mm-hmm. how to how to lead worship for a new generation and and how to you know what does it even mean like what is a yeah. worship lead? maybe this is my big first question here for you, Bob. Like, <laughs> what does it mean to be a worship leader in 2024 as we're coming <laughs> into a year that is, at least in America, so largely divided? And this affects the world. Ooh, it really no does kidding. affect the world. Yeah. But you, you know, you've you've been a, a influential worship leader um, to the nations. <laughs> in much more tumultuous times than this before. So mm-hmm. what is what is this, what wisdom do you have to give to a, maybe a young mm. worship leader for this next year? Sure. Well, I mean, you, you said something, Trent, that I think is so um, appropriate for us to acknowledge. And that is that um, our, the days that we live in right now for whatever generation you're from, young, old, mid, you know, whoever you are, whoever we are right now at this moment, we are um, we are immersed in a, an incredibly uh, severe, divisive environment, and the to to be very simplistic, I would say to any worship leader that the gift that God has given to us as a as as leaders of worship, which I would I would put that in the context of, of David, is that is that we have an ability to unite. We have an ability to come cross current to this incredibly dark. Uh, and and scheme 
It's a scheme and it's a plan, and it's uh, it doesn't it should never ever intimidate us ever. I mean, we have the spirit of David on us, which looks in the face of Goliath and said, "Hey, dude, I'm taking your head off." You know, so it's I don't have any. I don't have, I, I'm not saying these things in any way to put fear, but to put a sense of expectation for every person, whoever you are, and and for especially as you mentioned, to those young men and women who are saying, okay, so what what is the what is the favor of God, the specific appointment that God has on me? And I would say to all of them, however it manifests itself musically, uh, otherwise, is that you have a superb gift in God that has at its core a unifying factor. And I used to love this. In my church in California, when I was, you know, I grew up in a Baptist denomination. My dad was a Baptist preacher, and we were pretty conservative, you know. And during the Jesus movement, we we got zapped, you know, we got, we got filled with the Holy Spirit. And the, the first thing that happened was there was no generation. It was like, I don't care. I don't care how old, young, or what, color black white yellow i don't care you are a human being and i i am immersed in this sense of love for you know it's crazy we used to joke i mean we were hugging trees back then it was we were so full of the spirit it's like oh god you know you are so cool and awesome and your creation and people and and so uh what i loved is i would stand in front of my church uh it was a back in the day when the whole christian center was first starting, which was basically people who'd left mainline denominations because they had been touched by the Holy Spirit and felt they needed to be in an environment that encouraged them. And so this church was that. And my pastor was was an older guy who was this, this sweet man and just got so touched by the Holy Spirit. I fell in love with this guy. I mean, he was, you know, coming out of his straitjacket of and I don't mean to be offensive that way, of, of uh, uh, you know, of religious uh, rules and regulations. Yeah. And he was just, I mean, he couldn't talk missions, but just start crying. I'm sure I told you this in our last chat, but I, I fell in love with the guy. So when I would look out on the crowd, I would see, I would see these older people with their hands in the air, people uh you know being touched by the holy spirit and i and i just found that there was this impartation of the holy spirit which i believe god is giving to this people that you're targeting this this these groups of people that you have an anointing to bind together generations you have this ability the favor of god like a leader in an army like david you have this ability to be the guy who comes in and takes the king saul's and say, hey, you know, I may be young, but, you know, I can see what's ahead here. And so he then follows. And then because he follows, I mean, it's just this unifying thing. So I would say that that is marvel in that, you know, so, sort of glory in the fact that your gift as a leader and praise to God unites and goes straight cross current to the demonic plans uh, for this nation. And you are right. You are right. United States of America, and I'm and I'm, I'm assuming you're American. I mean, being um, in YWAM, I'm used to being around or with YWAMers, you know. But but here, here's the thing. God has given a special anointing to the United States of America, to the nations. 
that is a fact. There's a great book by Eric Metaxas uh, called If You Can Keep It. It's a great book. I might have mentioned to it to you before, but it talks about God's specific plan for this country to unify under under the power of the Holy Spirit. Not, not politically, but under the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And so uh, God has appointed us for that. And, and I speak that over you and your family. And in this season where God is, is setting your camp, so to speak, um, yay, you know, you're, you're gifting and, and powerful anointing is that people will come to you old and young and they will be un they will be unimpressed with the age issue. It will not be a a a, a focus point. That was a big deal. Jesus. Like what you oh, said. Oh, huge. Earlier. Like there, like yeah. like you said, like probably. And I mean, I I would say that I even felt like I grew up with that. Like there was no question when I was even a older teenager coming into my twenties, there was no question in my mind of that. You know singing together in worship like and and you know i i didn't need to really try that hard to bridge the gap between race right. and age and that's right it just didn't exist as much and, yeah. and maybe that's me at, at fault in my very uh you know homogenous grow uh, upbringing in west michigan but i, I don't know like i i tend to, to not think like that you know i had you know, wonderful friends of different ethnicities, sure, and ages mm -hmm. that I looked up to. What Are We Singing is a listener-supported podcast. It's a ministry of Trent and Siobhan Ministries. The fact that you're listening to this podcast right now and getting value from it blesses me so, so much. I just want to ask a few things. Would you be willing to pray for Trent and Siobhan Ministries as we continue to serve and resource the kingdom of God? and inspire others to walk in their calling with the things that God has laid on their heart. As we purpose to teach and train, as we purpose to get out into the world and make a difference, would you pray for us? And if the Lord lays it on your heart, we would love for you to go visit trentandshavon.com or worshipwiththeword.com and prayerfully consider making a contribution to this ministry. Your giving goes directly to serving this new project called Worship with the Word as we are purposing to build a school where we can teach and train the worshiper and the musicianary. But yet today, yeah, it's very prevalent. That's a good word to share because um, I think that goes, I mean, here's a question I have, maybe give some wisdom into this. Like, I often feel that the other side to the unifying thing that that I have sensed and, and agree there's an anointing with when I lead worship like singing a song looking at the Lord and singing a song together a unifying song in praise is really powerful and you can bring together Republican and Democrat uh black white um north south uh yeah old young and you can sing that together it's powerful let's say as, as an example how great is our God you can do that. Mm -hmm. But what, what, I don't necessarily feel like all songs are doing that. And sometimes right. I'm a little put off by what I feel today that I, I hear again from a worship industry rather than a movement is got it. just songs that are like, I feel like they could be written on chat GPT and we're singing them in our worship services today, <laughs> you know, like like maybe yeah. 
speak into that. Like, how do you, how do you really gauge like what is proper and right to not just sing, um, but to lead people to the presence of God with, because you know mm-hmm. that, you know, you're not looking for songs that are cool, but you're looking for something with the power exactly. of God. That's, that's mm-hmm. where I'm frustrated today is that I, I, and I think, yeah, I'm frustrated because like, I know that I can be, I, I can tend to, to be more critical mm-hmm. yet. I feel like I have the spirit of God in me that says sure. that the reason why I'm critical is because I can sense that there is no power of God in this thing, you know, like, right. You know? Right. Yeah, exactly. I do. I do. I, I think, um, I think Trent, there's a, um, uh, um, okay. So, so a lot of the things just purely for, uh, the parameters that we have, uh, you know, about our, our time is that, uh, so it'll be fairly basic and sometimes seeming simplistic, but this is, <laughs> this is the anointing of our, our Messiah. You know, he, he had this way of, of walking into situations and just pulling down all the, the pretense and, and everything. And just, I'm mean, telling his disciples, Hey, they're kids. The kingdom of God is made up of kids. You know, they're all over there going, uh-huh. you know, you, you realize who this guy is, you know, and, um, you know, guys, that's the kingdom right there. So don't be shutting them up, you know, yeah. but, but, but so my point in saying all of that is this, that I think that, that the, the power that you are talking about is in at its core the um, the agape love of God that that is at the core of worship is that when you become when you have the revelation of how much God loves you and how rich and how profound that is how supernaturally incredible it is when when a human being encounters that there is this immediate that is the power it's the power of the love of God to change people. And so the power that comes, I believe, in our worship is when we become these uh, um, enablers, to, to use maybe a strange word, but enablers for people to actually have that fresh revelation on a momentary basis, having to do not so much with song, but with persona. You know, your persona somehow as a worship leader under the under the unction and anointing of God, which you have that you don't, as you said, you don't strain it up, you don't squeeze it up, you don't, you just get out there on stage and look at the people, and there's boom, it's on you. You, you, you sometimes I'll literally stand up in front. I'll you know be introduced in in a group of people. I'm thinking of one particular situation, and I'll stand there in front of thousands of people, and just I'm in awe of the beauty of the body of Christ, the people of God, and how absolutely infatuated God is with these people. I mean, even saying that, I get goosebumps, that it's the love of God that surpasses everything. It surpasses every movement. It surpasses every personality, every every inadequacy. I tell people sometimes, you can see Mary had a little lamb, and if you're under the unction of God, you are prophesying to the people that his fleece was white as snow, you know? And I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, and and so what it does is it takes away, uh, it takes away this, this, uh, uh, the superfluous, if I can say it that way, which is you talk, you, you, you have the name industry. 
I would say that's the superfluous. It's all the the accoutrements that come along with everything. It's all secondary. It's all yeah. uh, it, it's all it's all sawdust. You know, uh, where, where where the real thing. And I'm not I'm not this. I'm not dissing people who who have giftings in those areas. What I'm saying is that they're gifted because of people like you. They they, they have the gift to accommodate people who like David's, the Jonathans, you know, that come along and they, they, they're important. Uh, yes, they are. But but it's that person who has the anointing to stand up in front of people and you become this um, floodgate yeah. of the love of God to the people of God. Do you know how much you are loved? Do you know what it cost, Father God, you know, to to lay his son down for you. Do you do I understand that? And then you just start you just you just start letting that flow, and that that is the anointing. That's the thing that breaks the yoke. That's the thing that breaks the division. Is it says mm-hmm. like you said so beautifully. I don't. I I I don't. I have this great friend I'm going to be meeting with this weekend. He's probably one of the most well known. Got this big award in Nigeria. As, you know, he's a well-known worship leader, songwriter over there. He and I are best buddies. I do not think of him. Yeah, he's not a black man. I mean, I, I'm not discounting his culture, but I'm just saying I, I don't think. And that, and you you alluded to that. That's the beauty of the kingdom. Yeah, it's the opposite of what man's attempts to try and create that through. Uh, all the hoo-ha, the woke stuff that's going on today. That's man's attempt to try and create the kingdom of God, and it it's faltering big time. It, yeah, and so I I just yeah big time. Well, I mean, the, I I I think you said the magic word right now. That is our I believe one of the biggest battles the church has today is <clears throat> is combating, you know, what has become woke. Um, you know, I heard a, a really amazing uh African American preacher from uh Philadelphia, Eric. Um oh, I forget his name. Anyways, really great guy. Um uh, he speaks with truth. He he's a, a pastor and he calls himself a missionary pastor in Philadelphia because because the culture has been so transient. He did a whole podcast talking about woke this summer. And he said, the unfortunate reality is, is that woke began as a, uh, a black word that African-American people in, in the nation began to use to, to describe a white person that was now all of a sudden becoming aware to the fact that, wow, the, you know, black people in America really have been kind of subjugated to a, a different type of living conditions than maybe I have. And really I, I should care about that, you know, and, mm-hmm. and just that was to describe woke. And then he said, then the term, you know, got ad- adapted by, a, you know, a, a bad black lives matter regime that really is way more than, than what its name says. It, it got mm-hmm. adapted by, transgender politics and very, very left socialists, you know, and, 
Um, but this is the world that, again, like worship leaders live in. And sometimes I think to myself, I'm like, okay, Lord, either it's a blessing to have knowledge on how to communicate with one another if you're standing before a body of people who very well could be on both sides of whatever fence is there. Um, it, it could be a very bad thing to have so much. And knowledge. for sure, that's the case. <laughs> yeah. But but maybe it's one of the most beautiful things to know and still have care and compassion to say, but God loves you. And it's, it's, yeah. this does transcend um, belief systems that, you know, it, it, there's, there's no denying that I think a large part of that belief system needs to to die and come under the the uh the knowledge of christ you know and take captive every thought but but that's where our worship leaders are at today that you know pastors mm -hmm. are at today and pastors have very little clue on how to handle this and and i i think what i i'm i'm gracious for the capacity to be able to lead with unity but i'm also very aware of the fact that um without speaking up and and maybe is this just the role of the pastor or does the worship leader have this role too to be able to speak truth even though it may be polarizing or mm. you know isolating towards one side um that's mm. hard you know i mean i i was in washington dc after you know when 911 happened i helped plant a church out there i was a missionary church planter worship leader at a young church and i remember uh, I remember like three years into that ministry, we had like worship nights that were, um, they were under cover of literally like Bush Cheney rallies. <laughs> like people came to church with their Bush t-shirts and, and things on in flags. And I, something in my spirit was like, okay, I have to be an honest person and and maybe this is where i think this next generation really they you know they're looking for fathers to lead them in the way of christ because at that time i had a check in my spirit that said okay i know i'm a child of god i love jesus with all my heart and maybe it's because of my upbringing that my father raised me in but he always said he's like i'm not a republican <laughs> I'm not a Democrat either. I'm a child of God. Yeah. I'm a believer in Christ first. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that directs every way that I live. But wow, we have such difficulties in our churches today because our churches are also becoming very polarized. Mm -hmm. um, and that's that's hard. And I, I think to myself, gee, if, if that exists, I guarantee you exists now too. And and I, I will be honest to say that I, I you know, as a worship pastor, <laughs> I would usually tell my worship team, don't wear any political stuff on your t-shirts if you're on stage <laughs> because that detracts yeah. the point. Now, I, I'm i not going to tell you you can't do that when you're off the stage, but at the same time, like I, I think I do have a hard time with with a church taking a a, a political stance to endorse a candidate when, and this is where, this is where my beef gets in as a worship leader. So I'm just like, Look, if, if you're not involved in the daily, if you're not involved in the, the, you know, the yearly politics of your school board and things like that, then don't don't get all on your high horse and everything about which side you're going to be on for the presidential election. Right, but right. that's where worship leaders and pastors are at today is they're realizing that, wow, we have a very divided church. Right. And if you're too 
unified in sounding, then you're just soft, you know, but, but like you said, it's like maybe, and I'm just, I'm a verbal processor. It's like what you said. It's like, if we're pointing people back to Jesus and back to the cross, then the things that we stand for, they do have substance in me. The songs that we're singing aren't just songs. They're imbued with the spirit of God and, you know, I mean, maybe that's a way, maybe why, you know, I had told you uh, about a month ago, I was like, you know, I feel like I have this anointing right now to sing the word of God. Yeah. And not embellish it because I feel like that's what I need the most. And I feel like the church needs the most is Absolutely. to remember what the word of God says and not right. be um, divided because let's say some specific worship leader who endorses us you know a specific <laughs> campaign it's like oh man we have so many complexities to deal with and it's like well how yeah, yeah. A simple gospel yeah lots to think yeah. about for sure i hope you're enjoying this podcast as much as i am for me these are crucial things that i need to know to learn about from those who have gone before me I want to invite you to join me in a new program I've got coming out very soon called Worship with the Word. One of the most powerful ways that we have connected people to God in the church today is with worship music. We've got worship music everywhere. It's now playing at fast food establishments and grocery stores. So if worship music is so prevalent, then why has the State of the Bible report in the past two years been telling us that less people are reading and engaging with the Bible? My thought? We don't really know the Word of God. Join me, Trent Walker, as we teach you a new way to worship the Lord called Worship with the Word. Sign up now to learn more about it at worshipwiththeword.com. Absolutely, and you're right. You know, it, in, in, in this, I mean, obviously, you know, we're not unaware of these divisions. Uh, obviously, they're... they're <laughs> You, you, you'd have to really live on some farm out in the middle of Appalachia to, to not know that that you know. I mean, life is extremely uh, uh, complex with regard to the political thing, but but the fact is, and the church that I attend is so beautiful. It's like we can we can never say to people, and, I, and this is this is a, an opinion piece for me, uh, that you can't have opinion with regard to public life and things and no 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 because that's the beauty of god he's he's a god who says i i gave you the ability to think and to choose and to see and to know those are all those are all good things but as as a uh, as a worship leader my my power if it can say that we my uh, favor from god is in getting back to what is the thing that is the the unifier, and that is the love of God. It's it is it is the thing that has changed the world more than anything ever in the history of mankind. There is no not even a close second. Is that the the message of Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ? That is our power. That is our strength, and 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 that we always that that is what we we shout about now up to you yeah, sure go out and chat about you know and and don't don't hide don't not have opinions politically my goodness help me holy spirit <laughs> uh i guess i guess what what we 
what I love about the fellowships that we're a part of is the 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 constant pounding home is is the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the thing that has changed the world more than anything. That, I mean, and I said this earlier, there's there's not even a close second, uh, Trent, there's not. The, the, this planet is not the same uh, radically because of the gospel of Jesus Christ for millenniums. The, the entire planet has changed for the good. And there are people who love to focus on everything else, you know. Yeah. But let me just tell you, the fact is, uh, we say to people in church, "You come here. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna be em- empowered by the love of God. It is the power. It is that. that uh, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God and the salvation. That is the message. But then, yeah, go out. You know, we have a lot of business people in our church, and you know, a lot of you know, every church does. You know, people of influence in the community. Yay." Go out there. Nobody's putting a muzzle on you to stop thinking or to or to stop uh, having opinions. Of yeah. course not. No, but just remember, you your power, your enabling comes from one thing, that is the gospel of Jesus Christ, and it is. And what is the gospel? God so loved. Message of the worship leader. God so loved. Your your enabling as a leader of worship is that you get up in front of people and the Holy spirit comes on you and you start preaching. And it's, and, and when I like with Peter, you know, on the day of Pentecost, you know, he had some pretty, pretty heavy stuff. And you were talking about how that God has given you this, this sort of, you see in your own personality, ability to call out things and, and that's good, but his calling out those things brought them back to, but God, but God did this. God sent his son because he loved you so much. 3,000 people, you know, yeah. got saved that day because, you know, so, so, I mean, really as a worship leader, I, I that title, I, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't ever know where that, I mean, when I, when I came into the yeah, movie, the, Spirit, the title of worship even, leader. <laughs> yeah. What was that? What is that? You know, I don't like, know. I didn't even know what that was. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've so, spoken about so that like, recently okay. too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like okay, okay. I, I personally, and I told you this last time. I personally believe that that the, the anointing of a worship leader is the love people of God, and and as you see those things that need to be um, adjusted or sometimes firmly corrected or whatever. But you are you are empowered by this with church with 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 humanity whom God created. Yeah. And so, uh, so yeah, I, I, uh, I, I do believe that we are appointed right now, Trent. You know, you're you're in a pretty key area there in Virginia. Yeah, you know, God's planted you there. God has planted you there. And I told you last time we just had this brilliant time there in D.C. that just um, just blew us away. You know, I mean, honestly. There was only six six hundred of us there at this conference, so it was a. I mean, it's a large conference, but in terms of crowds, it was it was not that big. But oh my goodness, I, I mean, it I, it was like just you. It's like I said, you get up, you see anything, and everyone was so looking at Jesus, the unifier, that you could just sing anything. So it was a piece of cake. <laughs> to be a leader of worship in that setting. Yeah. And that's what we're trying to... Uh, no, let me rephrase that. 
that's what God has appointed us to do, to create that atmosphere. That's good. That's really good. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems it does. And it seems it sometimes seems impossible. <laughs> you know, it literally does. Or, yeah. or let I say like my heart would be broken that like, I, I, I actually don't want to always be in environments that I know that is so homogenous that everybody thinks the same, agrees the same, wears the same mm. shirt. I, I want to be in places that seemingly should be very divisive communities mm. and, and see people, you know, humbly coming before the Lord in worship. That that would be powerful to be a part of. And wow. That's probably why you're in Virginia. Well, I mean, it's I've definitely, you know, I mean, moving here has been quite uh quite an eye opener, you know, uh for some of those things. So well, yeah. dude, there's there's a there's a whole history. I mean, my goodness, uh, Virginia, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't that where the where was the uh, the South's capital? Yeah, Richmond. That's exactly right. I mean, dude, you're yeah. you're right there in in, right in there. the heart of of <laughs> of of uh that if if there's a place in this country that represents. Uh, sort of division and or th what the spirit of what we're we're encountering uh to in the dark side in in the evil side it's it's that place i mean yeah. but you you're planted there as an as a, an emissary of the kingdom of god a complete opposite and total different power i mean you know it, there's no comparison i mean it's just no comparison one of you you're facing Goliath. It's no big deal. You know, it's it, it's like, I love the image of David going to give his brother sandwiches, you know. <laughs> Here, go give him some cheese, you know. Take some <laughs> cheese to your brothers. It's like this kid goes up with, with a lunchbox to his brothers. He's totally unimpressed. He's going, what are you guys doing? What, <laughs> what are you doing that. sitting here? You know, he goes, I give that, you know, <laughs> I just love that picture. That's great. You know, David walking up to him, you know, I and know. that's who you are, Trent. Wow. It's so funny yeah. you say that too, because yes, like in a sense, like I'm, I'm in the Valley just outside of DC about two hours away, but it's, it's funny because like, I'm, you know, I was, uh, I was invited to lead worship at a church up in the DC area this weekend. And, um, it was wonderful. I was blessed to be able to do it. And I, a few people were like, wow, you drove two hours to be here. And I, I thought to myself, I'm like, well, you know, when we lived in Kona, Hawaii, I would drive to Hilo like every week, it seemed like, and that was, <laughs> that was two hours. So, but you're right. And, and like, you said of David, yeah. like yeah. in that story to bring sandwiches. I mean, literally that would have been about the distance that he would have traveled to go to the front lines of, well, nowadays we would know it as the yeah. like, the Gaza Strip, you know? So yeah, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> There's a picture there. I'm telling you, I, you know, so I, you know, I just feel want to very much uh, uh, for you to have the realization of because because your car conversation has been centered around your home that's important uh not centered around this we've we've talked a lot about your place that's not an accident it's because god has appointed you to be there in this place that has a a uh, 
a root, you know, that has been there for a long time. And thank God for a godly president and President Lincoln, who reached out to God and said, we have help here. It was one battle that that was won in a, in, in a big way through a, a, a man who who knew that we needed God. Yeah. But you're there. Worship leader, and I and I say this, you know, we we have this, we have much more influence than we realize in as as people who stand in front of others and are are anointed by God to say, yeah, look up, look up. <laughs> wow, that statement right there, that's. That says it all because I mean I think I think you know you you know at least for me as a worship leader you know I I I wrestle with that I, I've wrestled with even saying like I'm a worship leader what does that even mean like if I say that to anybody <laughs> who's not in the church like they have no idea what that means but I also yeah. recognize that like okay yes planting missionally being in a new place like I recognize that okay God I am building myself up and reminding that it was not me that chose this calling but you spoke it over me set me apart you called me for this season and time to be here right now and and not only will he provide but he he provides um the the you know the open doors uh he he provides the purpose and uh and and even you know the discipleship too you know it's like and i think all of that comes together you know and where i tend to like shy away from the term worship leader i told you this before like i i would prefer to say uh, you know of somebody they're a psalmist because that reminds me at least more of of being like david was you know who had um he he sought the lord but yet he was a king you know, and I think that's very different, you know, today we have, you know, we have such a, a, a need for a new generation of psalmists and the mm. worship leaders of today, they are looking for fathers. They are looking for people to say, what is yeah. my purpose? How, how am I supposed to do this? You know, am I supposed mm -hmm. to just, you know, sing songs like I, i'm I'm trying to figure this thing out you know we've gotten past the honeymoon phase of enjoying singing whatever maverick city's new song is and now i'm <laughs> i'm in this career of like well what am i called to do what what is my purpose well you were called and anointed to bring the life of christ to the nations that's like a missionary and a pastor and evangelist and apostle and prophet like you you're a child of god so that's precious. Yeah. Well, Bob, I'm going to yeah. finish up our time here, but I wanted to ask because I, I haven't really asked this yet. And I don't really know actually, but like, where can, where can people find you? Like, what do you have a website? I know that I'm going to, you know, in the opening of this, I've already done it, but to, to brag on all of the ways that God has anointed you in so many years and, and songs that have inspired <laughs> my life dramatically, wow. you know, the types of songs That's that I'm awesome. like, okay, this, this man, and I'm, I'm, I'm grateful mm -hmm. to have, have known you now in the more recent years, but like, yeah, you know, you didn't, 
write these. You didn't sing these for the purposes of becoming a superstar music artist. You know, like you sought the Lord and it was powerful and he's used you so greatly. Uh, but yeah, what, 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 where can people find you today? Like, what are you doing now? What, you know, what, uh, where can yeah, you just is real, real easy, Trent. Uh, www.bobfitz.com. That's pretty easy. <laughs> that's pretty easy. It's pretty easy. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, um, that will guide you through all kinds of, you know, stuff that we're doing now. And, and we have, a, we have, a um, also a, Nonprofit for orphans and widows. That's kind of an offshoot uh, that that we have as well. Uh, so yeah, that's really real easy. Bobfitz.com. It's, I'll just type that in. It it that'll take you right there. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. You, I'll put it in the show notes. And for people who are just listening, it's two T's. F I T T S. That's right? correct. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's correct. F I T T S. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Well, man, let me. Can I pray for you? And and I'm gonna let you go. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, just before you do, if I could yeah. speak a word to you, I, I, I feel that Trent, for you personally, that, um, you know, I'm just looking at your background there and the little place that you're in and, 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 and uh, aware that, that oftentimes, you know, when God, uh, uh, where I found some of my greatest uh, uh, anointing and songwriting, as I was thinking about when you were mentioning that, is in those times when I feel I'm I'm limping along, you know, kind of not not in full, full not not having everything all together, you know, kind of still, uh, you know, but but I felt strongly like that um, the Holy Spirit spoke to me for you and for your wife and for your family that there's coming uh, people who are going to come alongside you. I'm thinking, and I mentioned Jonathan earlier that there's going to be. Uh, uh, helpmates that are coming along beside you in this season of transition for you that are going to actually even way overcompensate for for your um you know being in a new place and getting established and that there's going to come along some some real uh, you know Jonathan's I use I, you know I mentioned him earlier uh people that will hold up your hand you know and then just just go okay dude we're with you 100% we're going to stand beside you and support you. But you've already got that. But but I think there are going to be some fresh new things that are coming your way that way. Amen. Well, I receive that for sure. Um, yeah, no, <laughs> this it's a treasure. It's a treasure to to you know be able to do what we do. And and there's no denying. You know, when you move someplace new, you kind of feel very alone a lot. But but mm -hmm. you know, I was just reading. You know, you spoke of Eric Metaxas. I I'm reading his gigantic book called Bonhoeffer. And uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. I, I'm I'm moved so much by yeah. by Bonhoeffer's life. And when he was wrestling with uh, whether or not to go back to Germany before he was arrested and put into a, a, a concentration camp, he was in America and he was in New York and uh, he was bombarded with so many people wanting his attention and wanting him to to preach and things like that. And and uh, but yeah, he said he felt so alone. And he said, um, he said in his journal, he said, I'm actually grateful to have alone time because when I'm alone, I'm never lonely. And he spoke yeah. that of the presence of the Holy Spirit in his life. Absolutely. Man, I I, I say that I fully, fully uh relate to that. You know, mm -hmm. like absolutely. I, 
I have to, and this, this little, this little place that you see here is, is a sanctuary. It's a beautiful, beautiful sanctuary. I mean, we've written, I've written all of my songs that we have on Spotify and everything right there in that bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just trust me. It's a quiet place, but you know, but yeah, it, yeah. You know, I receive that. I know God is doing something that is way beyond anything I could have put together on my own power. And mm-hmm. and I think that that for me, like I just I've just become to own I, I've just come to own this like calling, I think even more that like, man, when when I was in my 30s, I realized like, wow, I who do I have to look up to? as far as what my calling is, I'm looking for fathers and grandfathers to speak into my life and, and believe alongside me. Like, am I, am I still supposed to be doing this thing or do I need to be a car salesman now? You know, like those reality (laughs) things, you know, when you have a family, but I knew, I knew that back then in my, in my thirties, the Lord put back into my spirit. No, I, in your twenties, I set you apart. (laughs) I called you. And when you were in your elementary school years, I pulled you and set you apart and I called you into this work. And I fully know that I'm 100% walking in this uh, path of the Lord, which by the way, you may smile when I say this, because this book came out in a time when you were, you know, having those, uh, those um, Olympic rally type of, of worship Mm -hmm. services, but I just recently finished a book that I read when I was super young called Heinz Feet in Hind Place. Hind yeah, Place. yeah. Oh absolutely. my gosh. I could yeah. not get through a chapter without bawling. I was just bawling. <laughs> I'm like, Lord. I was just reading that scripture yesterday. Oh, yeah. But it is exactly the path of where I believe that. And I believe there's a new generation, you know, and that's where I, I mean, I, I feel like you are you are called to this, Bob, and I'm so thankful for you being this in my life. Oh. And I believe God's called me to be this for others too. But there is a new generation of pastors, worship pastors, missionaries Amen. who are looking for the hope and the presence of God, and they can't find it because, because there are very few out there who are, are willing to speak truth and, and to be there for others. And, and I just, mm-hmm. I know that wow. that's a calling over wow. my life. So yeah. Amen. Bob, I love it. Thank you. Hey, let me pray for you. God, thank you thank so you. much for Bob. Thank you for his family. Thank you for the ministry that you've called him to God. Would you, uh, would you anoint him with a greater anointing than he's ever seen before in these days mm-hmm. in his life, God, in the season of this world, God, that you have called him, set him apart to be a voice to the nations. Uh, God, that the things that you placed in him from from his youth, God, uh, would be visions that have come to pass and that he's seeing, God. As, as your word says that your young men will dream dreams, your old men will see visions, God, that he will yes, see the fruition of these visions come about yes, God. in today and in, in these days. God, thank you for for that ministry thank you for his family would you bless him in jesus name amen amen, amen. thank you trent
Thank you, sir. I love it. I can't wait to talk to you again. I, I won't I won't make you be on a podcast, but yeah. I definitely will have a phone call with you like I, I love to do because you mean sure. so much to me. Just let me know. Just <laughs> I let love me it. know. Okay. We'll keep you posted. God bless. God bless you, Trent. Join me next week as I interview a friend of mine from Belfast, Ireland, as we talk about the prosperity gospel, revival, and the status of worship music in the church today. I'm really excited for you to hear what my friend has to say when I ask him the question, what are we singing?